0: Hey folks, how are we doing today? This is Sarah Katz with another podcast of Books Before Looks. Um, so I had cut our podcast short last night for the first chapter, which uh, was titled Why Did People Think the Earth Was Flat? And um, I apologize for cutting off the shortness. Um, I'm flipping to the next page and I'm just going to dive in. So this will be volume one. Uh, the new world wonder the world and its peoples part three part three as the earth spins about it is turning different parts towards the Sun it takes the earth just 24 hours to spin round once this is why we have day and night And also why it is daytime in China and on the other side of the earth when it is night with us. This also explains why some people on earth are going to bed while others are getting up. Some people are eating breakfast while others are listening to bedtime stories. And why the clocks in different parts of the earth strike different hours at the same time. If you had an orange and a stick, a knitting needle through it, and held it up so the needle is not quite straight up but a little slanting, And then twirl the orange round and round on the needle you will get quite a good idea the way the earth turns round though of course there is no great pole like a needle stuck through it but there is an imaginary line through the earth which takes place in our minds of the needle and which points where the line comes the surface are called north and south poles this imaginary line is called the earth's axis when astronomers talk of the spinning motion of earth they say the earth is turning or rotating on its axis. Why do we have four seasons in the year? Day follows night and night follows day because the earth spins round like a top once in every 24 hours. Spring follows winter and autumn and summer because of another motion of earth. All the time that the earth is spinning round on its own ox- axis like a top, it is. It is also making a 365 day long journey around the sun. You remember that when we talked about the earth as spinning on itself, we pictured it either as top of an orange with a knitting needle stuck through it. And we said the knitting needle should not be quite straight up and down, but tilted a little to one side. That's because the earth is tipped in such a way in its relation to the sun. It is tipped of the earth in its round path. The sun, which makes our seasons. If the earth were not tipped, if it were not stood up right, straight from pole to pole, there would be no winter or summer, for each part of the earth would be turned towards the sun, an equal part of each 24-hour day. But it is tipped, and therefore we have winter and summer. Because this tip affects different parts of the earth differently, the seasons come at different times and north from those in the south. And there's got a picture of from sunrise to sunset of an arctic day and it says the camera was focused on the scene and exposure was made about every 15 minutes to show the passage of the sun Uh, notice the moon peeping over the sun so that's actual proof of the sun and the moon both being exposed at the same time Uh, that's from sunrise to sunset of an arctic day equal day and night some tops mounted in a movable frame suspended on a stand can be made to spin not only straight up, but with the axis at any inclination. No matter how you move the stand about, the axis of such a top will always point in the same direction and keep parallel to its first position. This is the way with the earth in its path or orbit around the sun. It spins its axis always parallel to one direction. Hence at one part of the journey during June, the north pole of the axis will be tipped toward the sun, while six months later in December, it will be tipped away from the sun. If you watch the sun on March 21st, you will find that it rises directly where compass points to east and sets where it points to west. At this time, the earth is tipped so that both the north and the south pole are equally in line for the sun's rays. Neither is so tilted toward the sun more or less than the other. So on this day and night will be of exactly equal length in all parts of the world. The sun will be seen above the horizon just 12 hours everywhere. This day is called the equinox, which is Latin for equal night. Spring and Easter. March 21st stands to us for the time when spring begins. In the olden days, people used to celebrate this time with great rejoicing because the equal day and night was a sign that long dark winter was past and spring and summer were coming. Our Christian festival of Easter comes at this time and on the early church, fathers borrowed for it in the name of the old festival. The festival of the goddess of the East Ostera in the bringer of the spring who came to the earth on this day carrying in her flowing garment gifts of flowers and birds and sunshine. Spring begins then because as the earth moves in its path, when it has past this place of the equal days and nights, the northern part of this northern hem- hemisphere on which we in America live is towards the sun and so gets more and more sunshine until the 21st of June and we have the longest day possible. When the sun is above the horizon for nearly 18 hours, all of this time you have been watching the sunrise and sunset. You will have noticed that instead of rising due east and due west, as as it did on the day of the spring equinox, the sun has been rising more to the north of the east and setting more to the north of the west. If one watched the sun at different times of the year, he would find it looks as the sun traveled northward during spring and southward in the autumn. The ancients thought it really did travel about the earth in some such way. We now know that it is the sun traveling but to the tilt of the earth's axis. (laughs) The earth had taxes. The earth is always tilted so that its north pole is pointing toward the north star. As the earth makes its yearly journey about the sun, it arrives in a position where most of the light and the heat in the sun falls on North America, Europe, and Asia, and the southern part of the earth begin on the opposite side away from the sun europe asia and north america will now have summer but on june 22nd the light of the sun will have reached the northernmost limit the sun seems to stand still that's the way it looked to the romans so thought the sun was making a journey so they called it the summer solstice or summer standstill As far back as history goes, men have known about and kept time by these solstices. The Chinese, more than four years ago, used to celebrate the time of solstice in the hope of persuading the sun by their dances and festivals to delay his departure towards the equinoxes. Why we have autumn and winter. The earth always keeps on spinning and traveling about the sun. It never stops. It runs very smoothly. It does not jiggle and jar like most trains and automobiles as it travels about. It always keeps its axis pointed towards the same way, the north pole towards the north star. This causes the sun to seem to move northward after the 21st of June. The earth in its journey about the sun is beginning to turn the northern part of the earth away from the sun. The days grow shorter for all people living in the north until the 22nd. Um, until on the 21st, excuse me, of December, we have our winter solstice, our shortest day in the year. The earth continuing its journey about the sun, tilted as it travels about the sun, now has the southern part of the earth turned toward the sun. Southern South America, South Africa, and Australia will now have summer, while North America, Europe, and Asia have winter. The earth continues its journey on March 21st, The earth has equal days and equal nights. Then why, you may ask, do we have the long cold cold winter after the 21st of December and the hot summer after the 21st of June? If the earth is beginning to tip back, why do we not feel it once the warmer weather in January? The answer to that question belongs to another story of how heat is held on earth. All we can tell you is that earth of ours takes the sun rays and stores them. If it did not, our coldest day would just be when you wouldn't when you would expect it on December 21st, when we would have the sun rays for the shortest time. And our hottest days would be June 21st when we have the longest. But the earth and the air have a way of storing up heat and cold and giving it out slowly, which makes our hottest time of our coldest time come along for a month or two months after the solstices. Wow, that is interesting. I've never heard about the sun storing the sun rays before how the sun tells time the earliest way to tell time was by the po- position of the sun primitive man reckoned in two main periods day and night and dividend by sunrise, sunrise noonday and sunset then he began to divide the morning the afternoon into sections by noticing the length of the, po- the position of the shadows He set a stick upright in the ground and found the shadow cast by it grew longer and shorter, moved round the stick. This was the origin of the sundial, which is used to this day. By the length and direction of shadows cast by the sun, men could calculate the time in hours and minutes. All ancient people told by the sundials. The Chinese had them. The Romans set up tall stone shadow columns with officers to watch them whose duty it was hourly to cry out the time as shown by the length of the position of the shadows. Even when the water clocks and hourglasses had come into the middle age, the common people who could not afford such luxuries told by time by sun clocks, which every father of a family could make for himself, sometimes you must try to make a sundial for yourself. But meanwhile, you and the sun together make up the cheapest and least complicated clock in the world study your own shadow its length and the way it points and you will be able to tell from within an hour what time of day it is the romans did this constantly pliny the great writer says in one of his letters i beg thee to honor my house when the shadow will be six feet long everybody who lives in the woods learns to reckon the time by the shadows of the trees shadow reading is not the best way of telling time but the sun does not always shine But shadow reading is not the only way which you can depends on the sky clock. All our modern clocks are regulated by astronomers who check them up each day in the position of the certain fixed stars. The astronomers keep time for the world, and he takes this time in the sky clock, the most marvelous clock of all, which through all history has gone through with unfailing accuracy, never stopping for a second, never going faster or slower, but keep on steadily going with the rotating earth for part of its works, and the star-set heavens for its face. The sky clock makes us the cheapest and least complicated clock in the world. There's no mechanism of any kind to get out of order for any man to care for, and the clock is running just as accurately now as it did thousands of years ago and will be running thousands of years from now. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, Does anybody know about the uh, sky clock running right now accurately? Um, Our day, month, and year are fixed by the months of the earth, moon, and sun. The day is fixed by the length of time it takes the earth to spin on its axis. The month comes from the word moon and is fixed by the length of time, 29 and a half days it takes the moon to revolve about the earth. The year is the time, 36, 5, and a fourth days required for the earth to make its journey about the sun. The sun. What is the sun? About which the earth revolves. About which the earth revolves. This giant sun on which we depend on for light and heat, for night and day, and for times and seasons, and even for light itself. The ancients worshipped, and well they might for there would be no earth or people on the earth if it were not for this light-giving, heat-giving, life-giving sun. We see it all as a great ball of light rising higher and higher from east until midday and sinking slowly towards the west where it disappears in a blaze of glory. This one ca- cases where our eyes tell the truth. The sun is a great ball Of hot gases giving out the world's about its tremendous amount of heat and light. More than we cannot find out until we get some big ball. This is how far away it is. There are questions men have been asking since the beginning of time. Only with a few hundred years they have been answered. Size and Distance We have seen from our study of the Earth's motion how hard it is to tell whether objects are moving or standing still. It is just as hard to judge how big an object is and how far away it is. Did you ever ask a group of people on some summer evening to tell how large the moon looked to them? Try it some night. One person will probably say that it looked the size of a cartwheel to him. Another will speak up at once and say, Oh no, it doesn't look nearly so large as that to me. I should say a dinner plate. Another will say a face. And someone in his group may insist that looks no larger than him to a cent. Probably no two persons in the company will agree that size which is the moon, which the, the company will agree on the size which the moon appears to be. Yet they are all looking at the same moon and what is important and they are looking at it from the same place at the same time. So first in our star study, as in all other studies of the world which we live, we have our human eyes to reckon with, and while they serve us, we have to check upon what we see by measures and tests to make sure it is quite true. Try another experiment with the moon. Close one eye and hold a silver quarter at arms length between the other eye and the full moon the silver quarter will shut the great bright globe entirely from your sight still you really don't think the moon is smaller than a silver quarter why is it then the quarter can shut out the moon it is because the quarter is so close to your eye a very small thing held close to your eye can shut out a very big thing that's distant from your eye and a very large object can look very very tiny if it is far enough away you know how that if you stood on top of a mountain and looked down to try to find a house and street in the valley, the house seemed very large in it to where you were beside it. But now it is only a dark speck. So at the very beginning of our story, we learn that things are not always just as they seem and as a small globe close at, at hand may look as large and as very big as far one. When we come back to the sun we have to think for all of this for the sun is really a giant star tremendously big but no bigger than and even not so big as some other stars in heaven and tremendously far away but still not so very very far away where some of the other stars are quite lately men have been able with the help of wonderful instruments to find out how far away the earth is from the sun what do you think they found the distance of the sun from the earth is 93 miles Millions of miles. Can you picture that to yourself? Try to think what it is meant to be by a thousand miles. Our Earth is 8,000 miles in diameter. In other words, if you were to thrust a gigantic knitting needle through her body from North Pole to South Pole, it would have to be about 8,000 miles long. To reach the thought of one million, you must picture 1,000, 1,000. Our Earth is about 25,000 miles round. If you were to start from the mouth of the Amazon River in the South Africa journey straight round the whole earth on the equator till you came back to the same point, you would have traveled about twenty-five thousand miles. But that would be a very long off way from a million miles. You would have to only go once round the earth. Nope, a rope one million miles in length could be wrapped not only once but forty times around and round the earth. And when you manage to reach up to the millions of miles you have then remembered that the sun's distance is 93 times as much so to picture clearly to ourselves the real meaning of the 93 millions of miles is not easy suppose if we were able to fly by airplane from here to sun if you could journey thither in perfectly straight lines at the rate of 40 miles an hour never pausing for one single minute night or day It would take 265 years to reach the sun to make your airplane travel through space at the rate of a mile of a minute or 60 miles an hour, and you might be able to reach your journey's end in 177 years. Or if you had started in the year of the Declaration of Independence, you would not have reached the sun yet. This idea is carried out in the pictures on page 32 and 33. If you had to picture your journey as a rate of two cents a mile, it would cost you nearly two million dollars. The great size of the sun. So much for the sun's distance from us now, as it is to the size. The earth is 8,000 miles through from pole to pole. This sounds a great deal, but distance through the sun is 865,000 miles. Suppose you had a long, slender pole that would pass through the middle of the earth one end just showing you the north pole then the other the south you would need more than 100 of such poles all joined together and to go through the sun but after all we cannot really understand either how big the sun is or how far away from us our minds refuse to take in such great figures sun spots and what they tell us what is the sun really like it is hard to tell for we cannot straight look at the sun because of its dazzling brightness but a telescope shows us a great deal. Only remember that you must never look at the sun, even through a telescope, without protecting your eyes with colored glass, else you might be very likely to blind yourself or hurt yourself very badly. When we first look at the sun through the telescope, which is a long tube so fitted with mirrors and glass that it helps us to see things which you could not with the naked eye, it looks like a brown round white disk shaded a little at the edges so that you can see it it is not really flat but a globe and here are two or three little backsplashes on its whiteness looking as if somebody spilt ink on the paper now these black splashes are famous sunspots which tell us very much about the sun they do not tell us very wonderful do they they do not look very wonderful do they they do but they let us try to think of what they really are like. They measure often many thousands of miles from side to side, and some of them are so big that you could lay ten worlds upon them in a row, and the still spot would not be altogether covered. Wow in the beginning of the seventeenth century, a man named Fabricus was startled by the sight of a certain black spot upon the face of the sun. He watched till too dazzled to look any longer, supposing it could be a small cloud yet anxious to learn more. Next day, the sunspot was still there, but it seemed to move on a little way. Morning after morning, this movement was found to continue, and soon a second spot and third spot were observed, creeping in like manners across the sun. After a while, they vanished at one time round the edge, as it were, but after some days of the patient waiting on the part of the lookers-on, the spots appeared again at the opposite edge and once more began their journey across from the sun to the east to the west. Fabricus seems to be the first, but was not the last to watch the sunspots. Many astronomers have given close attention to them. Modern telescopes and modern planes of looking at the sun through darkened glass have made possible in a way that is not possible two or three hundred years ago. For more than thirty years ago, one astronomer kept close watch over the spots on every day that it was possible to see the sun much much has been learned through the his resolute perseverance what are these spots no one can actually say what they are some astronomers think they're great hollows in the sun surface where the stuff has been thrown out and which has cooled it is gradually settling down but this is not all certain all we can say is that the spots are caused by great storms and eruptions within the sun and they can tell us the great globe is not solid and steady like the earth but is constantly tossing and heaving up and down almost like water bottling boiling in a kettle if you look at the sun's spot for several days you'll notice that it is always changing and what did you first sometimes the changes came so quickly that part of the spot as big as our world altered their shape in a few hours so that that you can see the sun can scarcely be in place that you would like to live in. Even if the moment, the hardest things we know of, you would find there is nothing solid to put on your feet. Great fiery waves would be rising and falling around you. Even now and then, jets of flame would shoot up miles and thousands high, and sometimes huge gulfs in the world might be swallowed up would yawn beneath your feet.